And it's so easy for me to have sex and get satisfaction and also satisfy my partner. But I feel something is missing. I mean, don't get me wrong. We love each other and have loads of fun. But I don't feel deeply satisfied. Does that make any sense? Oh yeah, dear listener. Yes, it does. My name is Anne Plant and I'm your tantric edupreneur and the host of this open, honest, explicit uh, podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. And today I want to discuss the deep satisfaction and nourishments we get from relationships. But that requires having intimacy that goes beyond the physical. Yeah. Intimacy to me is the bridge that connects not just bodies, but also connects people emotionally, intellectually, and even spiritually. It's about understanding first before needing to be understood. We all kind of want to just wait and wait and wait until we get um, an opportunity to speak instead of really focusing and understanding first before needing to be understood. And on the other hand, we really need to feel deeply understood as well. So yes, before we start discussing the beautiful layers of different ways of connecting, I'd also like to touch upon the Art of Connection retreat happening this April 18th to 21st in France, which is a perfect opportunity to experience and really make this understanding at the deeper level of your partner an art form, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, and of course, physically. (laughs) After all, it is a tantric retreat for couples. So I will put um, uh, a link in the show notes. So if you are curious, go, go for that. So first of all, let's start with emotional connection. This is most probably the most difficult ones and the one that trips relationships over left and right. Emotional intimacy is really about feeling understood, as I said, and being validated in those emotions and safe enough to express your true emotions. It's really the foundation that allows you to be your authentic, true self with your partner. I mean, what's more nourishing and deeply satisfying than that? You don't need to put a mask on. You don't need to pretend. You don't need to perform in any kind of way and you can be just your authentic true self. So yes, I want to normalize emotions. Of course, in our societies, emotions are often labeled as good or bad and and not good to have. And people are on medication a lot because they feel emotions. (laughs) How bizarre is that? But in reality, Emotions are simply energy, nothing positive or negative inherently. And they are a fundamental part of our humanity, just like our bodies and our thoughts. Acknowledging and expressing our emotions can be extremely, extremely liberating and healing, especially for men. Yes, you guys out there, you have been told to be very stoic and conditioned to think that emotions are a weakness. How far from truth can that be? I remember times when I was actually afraid of crying. 
thinking that if I started, I'd never stop and floodgates would open and the world would just be flooded in my tears. I mean, put your hand up if you've ever felt that way. But yeah, allowing myself to be vulnerable and to cry was freeing, but it was a skill I needed to learn. In Tantra, we learn to embrace this vulnerability and understand that on the other side of the coin of that vulnerability is power. Because you don't use so much energy trying to suppress your emotions, you have more energy, you have more power. It's also essential for deepening our connections and understanding not just ourselves, but also our partners. And the strange thing is that when you do give yourself a permission to have an emotion like sadness or allow yourself and allow yourself to cry, it eventually loses its grip and you start feeling less and less sad. And in the long run, because you have accepted the sadness, it kind of goes away and it doesn't feel so overwhelming. But it has been there for a reason. So just getting curious, what's behind that? You don't need to put a story or narrative to it. You don't need to analyze it and and just start from the childhood and go back to before you were born or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's sometimes enough that we really allow that expression to happen. And the same goes with anger. I've actually noticed that um, in my coaching business that it is easier for women to express their sadness, but not their anger. And men, it's easier to express their anger than their sadness. The times I've guided women through expressing their anger made me really realize how unaccepted that is in our society, but also in relationships. Women are not just supposed to be angry. I mean, who wants to be labeled as an angry bitch? I mean, come on, maybe we need to just reclaim that. And say, yeah, I'm an angry bitch. You know, I, I do have right to feel angry. You know, sometimes there is a thing called righteous anger. We've been suppressed for millennia, for goodness sake. But it doesn't have to be in a way that is detrimental to your relationship. And same goes with men. You know, who wants to be called a crybaby or whatever, you know, derogative terms they, yeah, yeah, this is a good one. Don't be a pussy. I mean, let's briefly actually go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) I mean, what other organ in anyone's body is more powerful than pussy? Tell me. There isn't really. Pussy creates and gives birth. It is the bravest organ and can endure so, so, so much and still survive and still find pleasure. The most vivacious, literally vivacious, of all human body parts. She has a mind of her own and she's capable of not just creating life, but worlds. Heavens, actually. The bliss and pleasure pussy can offer to her owner, but to others too, is not short of a miracle. It's a miracle. The only body part designed purely for pleasure is the clitoris with her 10,000 nerve endings and long legs reaching into the depths of the vagina. So pussy, if you're called a pussy, be so proud. (laughs) 
Ah, oh, I'm sorry. I uh, where was I? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Emotional intimacy. That's what we were talking about. So, what I invite you to understand is that emotions are part of humanity, and Tantra accepts that we are human, humane, and hu- hum, human, 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 human. We are human as well as consciousness, and emotions in human existence are always subjective. Therefore, they need to be accepted and validated, not ridiculed or suppressed by somebody else or by the society or even yourself. Coaching actually creates a safe container to express these deep-seated emotions. If you feel that you don't, you're not okay to start expressing on your own or with your partner. Because these, these patterns run deep and, and they can carry over generations. And if you, if you choose to do this as a couple in relationships, it's vital, really crucial to create a safe space where both partners feel okay to express their emotions without fear of judgment or criticism. And this is really true during intimate moments where emotions can be actually very heightened. And I would also give you this insight. Emotional release is always a sign of trust and safety. If somebody during an intercourse, make lovemaking, starts crying or laughing or kicking with anger, you know, it's a, it's a sign of trust and safety and love, feeling loved. And that healing process, really, if you allow that to happen without any stories putting into it or, or criticism or needing to, to, you know, spring into action, that healing process strengthens the bond, the connection between you and the partner. So it's something really sacred and really beautiful. So as a couple, if you take turns to express your feelings before they become locked as suppressed emotions in your body and cause illnesses and ill-being, not well-being, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Because emotions often represent unprocessed experiences from your past while feelings are more about the present moment and what's happening in your body right now. I said before that the body is so wise, I would always, always ask my body and feel into it when I want to express a truth of something that is not coming from my conditioning or what culture or society or religion says. It's just something that that really feels true and it can be extremely vulnerable but it's so healing and it is very um yeah it's very connecting so going back into that nourishment and feeling intimacy it's um it's really really important and Understanding this distinction, this difference between emotions and feelings, feelings are in the present moment and emotions often, you know, unprocessed experiences from the past that have been suppressed. It's very helpful for you to navigate your inner world more effectively and authentically, whilst the other one creates a safe space and listens and really just doesn't judge. 
because uh, becoming reactionary is not really required. So just holding space and breathing is just a skill you can learn. And you can take obviously take turns to be heard. This joint experience really creates that kind of intimacy that I wouldn't be surprised if you proceeded into lovemaking after cuddling and kissing. After all, expressing feelings in a safe way releases so much energy. Suppression of emotions is like building a wall to protect yourself, but it's a wall that ultimately weakens you. It's exhausting and it's unsustainable. When you allow yourself to feel, really feel, and express your feelings, you release this pressure and you gain so much energy, even to make some love. In any case, it's transformation, you know, that you, you will experience not just in your personal life, but also in your sexual connection. So I've really, um, so that's about the, the emotional side, emotional connection, emotional intimacy. I have been asked a few times about intellectual compatibility or rather lack of it. It's a good question. Am I compatible with my partner if we don't have intellectual alliance, intellectual level? And I don't really have a clear answer to that, but let, let's discuss that. Intellectual intimacy is really the, the unique connection that forms when you create that bond with your partner on an intellectual level. So that's the intellectual intimacy. It's about really sharing your thoughts and ideas and having these stimulating conversations that feed your minds and your souls. Personally, as a sapiosexual who gets turned on by someone's intellect or someone talking about uh, something that I don't know, and they talk about it with passion, I find it extremely hot. I mean, have you noticed that in yourself? Um, intellectual intimacy is very much about exploring each other's minds, just like you would each other's body. It's the excitement of sharing a new idea or the joy of learning from each other, like sapiosexual, <laughs> and the pleasure of seeing the world through each other's eyes, having that awareness that you all of a sudden have like a prism. You see a different aspect of life that you'd never really thought about before. And how pleasurable is that? You all of a sudden feel like there's ding, ding, ding lights, you know, coming up and said, wow, I never thought of that. I've never looked at it from this angle. It's not about winning an argument or, um, or having the last say. It's really putting yourself into the other person's shoes and, and seeing the world through their eyes. It's about respecting and being intrigued by each other's perspectives. And I, uh, I really feel that cultivating this kind of intimacy means creating a space where both partners feel safe to express their thoughts and opinions. So we go back to the safety, safety, safety. Same with emotional uh, expression, also about thoughts and opinions. 
it is very much much about active listening and uh and again trying to understand and being curious and appreciating the intellectual contributions of your partner it's about finding joy really in the exploration of ideas whether in the comfort of your home or or during a an intellectually stimulating retreat like the art of connection where we will be guiding you through conscious communication exercises that will serve you well in your relationships in the future. Because shared learning experiences can profoundly deepen that intellectual intimacy. For instance, reading a book together, I would recommend, warmly recommend Sherry Winston's The Women's Anatomy of Arousal. That's an amazing book. If you can just study that together, I think that shared learning experience is really amazing for your intellectual intimacy. You can also attend workshops and uh, and even retreats like the Art of Connection can be extremely bonding, and uh, they provide provide kind of a common ground for further exploration and discussion, and really enriching your relationship. <laughs> So yes, effective and conscious communication is really a key to intellectual intimacy. But I'm, I don't mean you just need to be chatting and talking all the time. It's really understanding that viewpoint that the other person has. It's, it's not really about finding solutions. This type of communication is, is more about exploring thoughts and feelings. I'd say it's like an adventure into the other person's mind and and really learning to express yours. It's about the journey again. I love the, the metaphor journey. It's a journey of understanding, not the destination that you you end up somewhere, but it's really just throughout that throughout that relationship journey, you are really exploring each other's emotions and your minds. Uh, the, the intellect. So this brings me to the last intimacy beyond physical, and that's spiritual intimacy. And this is my favorite, absolutely favorite. It's the profound connection that transcends the physical and mental, tapping into the deeper essence of your being, your very being. It's who you really are. It's that deepest part of you that is unchangeable and is your spirit. It's about sharing and nurturing that, um, that part, you know, really, um, worshiping even that part of you. And to your partner. It's also taking that mutual path, spiritual path with your partner. So for instance, in Tantra, we understand that the human body is a temple of divine energy. And when this energy is awakened and circulated through practices like breath work, meditation and physical movement and other holistic sex tools, you can find in my ebook, Pleasure is Your Birthright. It creates a heightened state of awareness. 
it's really about connecting deeply with yourself, your partners, and the world at large. And pleasure, as I've said many times in Tantra, is not just a physical sensation. It's really a gateway to spiritual expansion and the most nourishing connection. Through these international, in, through these intentional practices, you can tap into your sexual energy, transforming it into a profound and transformative experience. And this deepens your emotional and spiritual growth and fosters a very strong connection. So for instance, practices like Kundalini awakening and chakra balancing can unlock really um, the consciousness, your higher consciousness. And these practices help you to, to awaken the, the dormant energies within you, like the Kundalini energy, which is latent in your, in your lower part of your vertebrae at the level of, uh, female cervix and perineum in male bodies. And when you awaken Kundalini, this energy, it really guides you on a path to enlightenment. That's why I've always said that sex is the best enlightenment methodology because it's fun and it's uh, so nourishing on the way. And it's, uh, and you don't have to sit in, you know, cross-legged for, for decades to, to achieve that on a mountaintop. You could still live your normal life. And as you deepen your understanding of yourself and your rather interconnectedness with everything, your spiritual intimacy deepens as well. So integrating Tantra into your daily life is about having that um, bodied experience about mindfulness, energy awareness, and connection. Simple practices like breathwork and meditation and conscious movement and touch and and all these tools bring you closer, closer to spiritual intimacy. It's about finding joy and happiness and full, fulfill, fulfillment. <sighs> Can't speak today. And growth in every moment of your life. From moment to moment, you choose and, and find those higher vibrational qualities. And if you are inspired to explore these, different aspects further, join us at the Art of Connection Tantric Retreat for Couples in France on the 18th to 21st of April. It's really a beautiful opportunity to deepen your emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and of course your physical bond with your partner and start that transformative journey together. So, now that we are coming to the end of this episode where we explored intimacy beyond the physical to a close, I, I really am very, very grateful for your presence on this journey with me. It's been so wonderful to be communicating with you again. And my hope is that today's insights into emotional, intellectual and spiritual intimacy will inspire you to explore these in your own relationships and really having that deeper satisfaction and nourishment my dear listener messaged me about earlier. 
And if today's episode really resonated with you, I would really encourage you to subscribe and, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps the podcast to reach more listeners and continue this journey of discovery and growth through Tantra. And do remember that you can also support my show. And uh, that's the buy me a coffee option that I'd really, really appreciate so that I can get some help in, in um, production of this show. And if you are curious to dive deeper into the intimacy, what I just described, do join the retreat and uh, you can find it in the show notes. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me today. And um, my name is Anne Blunt, your tantric edupreneur and the host of this open and honest, explicit podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Until next time.